And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Monday is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, I'm ready to be um, on the Twitter, Mickey, you are drunk kind of things. <laughs> Kind of thing to do tonight <laughs> because I yeah, have the takes. I, I am too. I so we're gonna do a 2020 redraft, mm-hmm. which is as I'm going through it, I'm like thinking this is far too soon, far too soon because we just know nothing. Yeah, you know we have this shortened COVID season. And we've got, I mean, there's gonna be some outliers in here. There's gonna be some guys that we have way too high. There's gonna be some guys we have way too low. You know, in three years, if we go back and listen to this podcast, I expect to be embarrassed. That's my expectation, is that I will have some embarrassing takes on this show. Do you really expect to go back and listen to this podcast three years from now? Should I we expect... go back and listen to all our redrafts? I never did. Hey, l- hey, listeners, set a reminder in your phone three years from now mm. to send me a tweet to listen to the show. Yeah. Or just that's, comment. And that's that's how it will get done. Yeah. That's how it will get done. Or you, or you can just do the job and tell us how much we were wrong uh, doing redrafts. That that, <laughs> that works as well. <laughs> yeah, that works. A uh, little bit of Thunder news. Josh Hall was waived yesterday by the Thunder. Uh-huh. Two-way player. So, you know, you expect a team like the Thunder to cycle through these guys. Yes. And... There is not a current player signed to a contract. Now, there is a report coming from somebody that I hadn't ever heard of before at Kelsey underscore lately Mm -hmm. tweeted yesterday that Paul Watson Jr. has signed a two-way contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, Thunder Twitter got a little upset because this, this this tweet happened prior to the Thunder announcing that they'd waived Josh Hall. And some mm. people are like, well, she's wrong. Fake news. Yeah. And then that happens. And now everybody just assumes like, oh my gosh, obviously Paul Watson Jr. is a Thunder player. Uh, I don't... That may be true. I don't have confirmation on that. But, you know, if it is true, you know, Paul Watson is at least kind of an interesting role player. He's a small forward. He's six foot six. Mm-hmm. He's 26 years old. He's Jeremy he, Grant's age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. he will be 27 in December. So interesting. He's a shooter, and that's really about it. So if you told me that we are signing a shooter, I would say cool. And so to this, I would say cool. Yeah, and again, with two ways, it's uh, probably playing the G League, and if you're like just called called up. Um, you fill your role and you try to play at your best and having a shooter 
which probably can play in the flow of the, of the game um, in the system that OKC wants to run, then then it's okay. I mean, it's not that you yeah. you can waste two-way deals like they are nothing, but I mean, there are just so many of them that can that you can legitimately expect to work out for young players. And so it makes sense to say, well, this guy is interesting, he's in the system, you know, he was already in the G League, um, previously in Europe, um, he played for um, an organization that has a sort of system and has stability. So why not try him, try him out? Like, uh, again, it, it, there are some projects like the Kenrich Williams one where age is not yep. the only factor. And the project, those projects can work anyway. So let's see. Yeah. And if, I mean, just finding a 3 and D player, mm-hmm. great. Not only can you use them on your team, but they have value on the market. So yeah, that's I mean that's what this is about. If indeed it does happen, now there's no official signing, there's no official report. So take it for what you will. So let's take a look at the 2020 NBA draft. It is such a difficult class to evaluate, mm-hmm. especially from this standpoint where we've had a year, you've had. You know, you have players in here like Denny Avdia, where it's like, what in the world do I do with Denny Avdia? Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where do I put him? I just have to rely on what I looked at at draft time. Yeah. Uh, James Wiseman, another one, where it's like, what in the world do you do with James Wiseman? And then, so you have kind of these like higher profile guys, and then you have like this clump of players where they're just kind of like all, they're all role players, mm-hmm. they're all guys that played minutes this past year. And trying to figure out like which one is 12 and which one is 17. And yeah. is there really a difference between the two? The answer is probably not. Yeah. And some of these guys are going to pop. Some of these guys are going to fade out of the league entirely. They're in our top 20. Like That's just the nature of this. That rookie seasons are often not the best indicators of what's going to happen later on in their career. So we're kind of both doing... And our evaluations are both different, mm-hmm. but we're both taking what we learned from the draft plus what we learned from last year. You're using more of a stats-based approach. Yes. And then we're throwing out whatever we got. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, just to add a few uh, just a few words on the – it's not even a model. It's a, almost offensive to say model. But uh, I basically took some of the um, stats that I think are relevant, like points – three-point uh, attempts, points per drive, points per pull-up, assists, true shooting, usage, and also some defensive stats um, that can tell me like how much creation uh, or how much defensive impact, um, yeah. of course, quote-unquote, because defensive impact is, is really tough to, to navigate with uh, standard stats. And I just mm-hmm. put them in a... Put them together, and, and and this is how I create the, the the stat rank. That basically I used it for two reasons: like bumping up players that are very productive and that I was high on in the draft. Like Sadiq yeah. Bay is one of them. Um, I remember we had him pretty high, higher than where it went in our pre-draft analysis, and so he produced. Um, I think he's a good player, and so I bumped him up. And or or I just use it to kill some player because it, at least to some degree you have to get production. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you are very low, like extremely low, and, and, and you were a very, very productive player in college, then and, and production was your calling card, calling card then I, I kind of bumped, bumped those players down a bit. Yeah. And then there's Cole Anthony, which I bumped down because I hate him, but that's another story. I know. To be honest, I don't have Cole on my list at all. But wow. I've only done 20 players and then he um, I told you I'm going to I had 20 actually 21 players and then I'm going to be spitballing and he's a part of my spitball if we get that far. Okay. So, I figured we'd at least go through top 20 and then Yeah, let's do that. You know. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're going to be. So, okay. Number 1 pick. I'm going to give you the number 1 pick and then we will just snake draft through the top 20. So who is your number one pick in the 2020 NBA redraft? Well, to me, uh, it's not as easy as it sounds, but uh, to me, it's LaMelo Ball. And I was very high on him uh, during the draft process. To me, it was the best talent in the draft. And even if Edwards had a much, much better season than uh, the one that I had in mind when uh, we first evaluated him, I think that LaMelo still has... Um, the best outlook in terms of future, in terms of um, in over the next two three years, he's also first in my stat profile by quite a good margin because of the shot creation and because of the fact that he's a great rebounder for his size, and and he's fun. I mean, and his team plays extremely well. So to me, um, even if again at the beginning of the year. I thought that Lamelo was so much better than anyone else. Uh, I think that Anthony Edwards had a great season, but between the two, um, I went with Lamelo, and I'm pretty confident that that is that is a good choice. Yeah, agreed. So, I actually found our big boards from the draft pre-draft. Wow! And so we have those cemented here. Do you want to hear top fives from each of us? Yes. So your top five was Lamelo. James Wiseman, Okoro, Anthony Edwards, Okongwu. That's so bad. That was your top five. Mine is Ball, Edwards, Okoro, Halliburton, Okongwu. That yours is so much better. <laughs> it's still not good. No, it's, it's good. Better. You hit three out of five. That is, that is very good. Yeah, I was very high on Tyrese Halliburton, and still am. And for the number two pick, I considered him. Mm-hmm. But I still think you have to go Edwards. Yes. So, like statistically, you look at the second half of his season and he was legitimately very good. Uh-huh. Very, very good. Yeah, Hoops Talk is talking about my eyes. Dude, I am struggling with my allergies all day. So, my eyes are watering. My nose is running. It's I just have horrific grass allergies and my, the grass is going nuts right now at my place so that's where i'm at if you're watching on the stream (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm literally just struggling through this as i have throughout this entire day so anyhow anthony edwards great for minnesota a really and also just personality wise like the best guy in the draft Mm -hmm. Uh, so i love him as a downhill creator he can get his own bucket he and if he is indeed taller, if he is six foot six, then you know he maybe should be considered to be the number one pick. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's true or not. Talked to John Krasinski last week about him, and he said he doesn't know. But Edwards is really interesting, and it's not a complete embarrassment that he was selected first. No, in this draft. No, to me, uh, no. What is a what is a complete embarrassment is that the Warriors took Wiseman at two. Like that, that should be they should be killed more for that. And now. They they get to hide behind the mystery of James Wiseman mm-hmm. to a degree at this point. Yeah, it's early. Which it's huh? it's very early for it is very early. It's Wiseman. very early, but to this the NBA is all about a lot of it's about creation mm-hmm. from every spot, yeah. right? And do you have I don't have any confidence that Wiseman's going to be a creator. Me neither. But to me, uh, this is why you'll see that I. I I don't have Wiseman too much, too far behind. Um, and to be honest, I'm struggling even with with having him that low. Uh, that yeah. Yandre Ayton tail is still fresh in my mind. He was sure. so bad year one, like yeah. so so bad, uh, embarrassing. He was. And, and everyone killed the Suns as much as the uh, the Kings. And then in three years, he's saying, "Well, the pick wasn't was bad, but not that bad." At least because they didn't take a player that had the creation skills. Yes, yes, and this this is I, and this is true. I mean, I I struggled a lot with Edwards' creation skills, though. Uh, he's surprising me quite a lot with the yeah the fact that he's able. I mean, I mean, he's still pretty inefficient, uh, not poker level inefficiency, but still pretty inefficient. Right. Um, right. But he played so much better than I anticipated and, and, and I, I, I got it wrong. Um, but since you mentioned Tyrese, I have him third and and yeah. to me there is no real doubt about that. Uh, yeah. Tyrese is third also in my stat rank. Um, one, two, and three are basically my stat rank. Um, they were so much better than than, than all the other guys. Um, yeah. Definitely. And yeah, so I mean to me, uh, the Kings made a home run pick and and a lot of other teams like Detroit, like uh Phoenix, like even New York. Like I, I get I get what the what the Hawks did. I get what like I get the, the Chicago picks pick, but but after that, I mean Terry's was It's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's all really bad. It's all really, even it's all bad. Cleveland, you can say okay with Okoro, I think at the time. Yeah. Y- yes. 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 I said that at the time. Yeah. But once you, yeah, really, once you get to the Hawks, it's like okay, guys, what's going on here? Yeah, but Kevin we love the Congo. Congo. Like we did love a Kongwu. Yeah. Yes. But also, I didn't. I kind of expected Halliburton to be taken higher than that too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the Pistons screwed up big time. Yes, and the Knicks and the Wizards and the Suns and the Spurs. No, the Suns. The Suns is just unbelievable. It's inexcusable. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable. Yeah, and like if you're the Spurs and like, oh, we already have all these guards. Like, sorry, Halberton's better than all of them. So most likely, doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, Halliburton is the best in terms of uh, pull up creation uh, and. And also very good in um, in let me see drives and it's he's very good in assists and he's okay mm-hmm. in in some defensive defensive metric so steals stuff like that so mm-hmm. he is really really good 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. So number four, this is so I wanted to. I was playing a game in my head. Was like, when was the first time that I really thought of taking Poku? Mm-hmm. Like, what was the slot? And I would say this is the slot. That really I first thought about taking him because of creation skills mm-hmm. would be like the number one reason. It's like, okay, who who left can create? Yeah, and the list is tiny. <laughs> You know, yeah. If you exclude Cole Anthony, then yes, he's very tiny. He is excluded beyond belief. He's so, fourth in my stat. That in my stat rank. Cole is. Yes. Because he probably because he took shots and scored. The thing points. about this, the thing about this draft class, is no one really took a lot of shots. Yeah. Like besides the top three guys that we just discussed, mm-hmm. then it drops off a cliff as to who took shots. Yeah. So we don't know. That's why, I mean, that's why we largely just don't know Mm -hmm. with this class. Who is who? Spoiler, I don't have Cole Anthony soon. So don't don't worry. I'm not mad. I'm not. You better not. I'm not crazy. But but yeah. I can easily kick you off of this stream. It would not be that difficult. Just the the click of the mouse. Is is this democracy (laughs) where like only you can have like bad opinions? Like I can have bad opinions. Not about Cole Anthony. Okay. No. Okay, great. Not and especially not you. Okay. If it was somebody else, it's fine, but not you. Yeah. Especially not you. So you, so poke with number four. No, I'm I'm a little bit far back, but, but go on. I didn't I, I didn't I, I'm just saying this is where I first thought yeah. about him. Yeah, no, to I'm me not, it's, it's I a would, bit later. But yeah. Yeah, I would not take him. Mm-hmm. Uh this is where I have Patrick Williams. Yeah, me too. Man, we're just like just right step by step here. Lamelo, Edwards, Halliburton, Patrick Williams. Yeah, we, we are boring. It's it, it is quite, it is quite boring. Hopefully, we get interesting here in a little bit. Uh, he happened to go number four in the draft. Mm-hmm. A six foot eight, versatile wing. He plays the three and the four. He profiles as a really good defender. Mm-hmm. He has some creation skills that have yet to be developed. Mm-hmm. But he was also one of the younger guys in the draft. Yes. He and Edwards are the same age. You know, he's younger than James Wiseman, younger than Okoro, younger than Okongwu. You know, he's a very, very young player that's still developing. And he is, to me, he's the key to unlocking what the Bulls have. Yeah. You know, you ha- they got all these free agents. Great. But if Patrick Williams can take another step in his second year, then you got it. Like, then you yeah. have an actual team. So I'm I'm a fan of him. I just like high upside wings. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from like creation that I can see from day one, I want to see high upside wings. And that's where I have Patrick Williams. He's above the rest. He's really one of the only high upside wings in this draft. I agree. I mean, you could even you could even say that he is like the only one. And like whatever you call Poku. Like yes. Poku is Poku is a if I were to use Sam Presti's words, I would say he's a basketball player. So I don't know what position he is, but Patrick Williams, I think, deserves to be here. And like, kudos to the Bulls for taking him yes. as high as they did because even on draft night, people were like, oh, that's a little high for Patrick Williams. Yeah. You know, and it was it was the right pick. It was so much better than all the picks that like every team besides the Kings made. So <laughs> or the Hornets. Uh, well, the Hornets were ahead. I, I thought about like all the the remaining. Oh, teams, behind. But, yeah, behind. Uh, well, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's right. Number five is where we finally disagree, um, because this is where I, I think you can start discussing Poku, but I have him like yeah, lower, a okay. few spots. Um, I thought, well, Weissman went number two in the draft, and I'm not ready to say that I would comfortably pick anyone else before him. Maybe Pokushevsky. Um, yeah. Not others that I have between him and Pokushevsky, because, I mean, I want upside there. And, and then I said, well, he still has a ton of defensive upside. And, yeah. and last year was, was a dysfunctional year. And maybe he'll have to change team before he blossoms, but I'm willing to give him another year. Um, he was, to me, one of the best uh, upside guy in the draft. And maybe he will be the next Marvin Bagley where he will never develop into anything. That is a possibility. But I think that if a general manager has the chance to redraft, I don't think he, he slides too much, to be honest with you. Probably not. I think that's true. The the Warriors still maintain that that they did the right thing with him, mm -hmm. and and they use all sorts of comps for him to make things feel better. Yeah. And you know he he had a rough rough rookie season when he did play. Yes. Um, they were much better without him. Sure. And they did not have they did not have a suitable replacement for him. Yeah. Uh, he's got lots of different skills. He's very athletic. He's obviously got tremendous size. Uh, he theoretically can shoot it, mm -hmm. but you know, did not show any consistency with that, but he's still very young. So it's hard to say. Uh, I'm with you that it's a, the Warriors are kind of a tough fit for him mm -hmm. because that big spot has never been a rim diving big man. Yeah. Right. It's that's never been what they have wanted or how their offense operates. So it's a curious pick in that case. And you know, I'm not I wouldn't say I wouldn't ever say like, oh like call it now. Like he is Marvin Bagley two point no. Like I like I don't think he is, but there's just he's still very much a mystery man. And there's a lot of mystery men in this draft. I still and like to to be fair, like I have him six on my list, okay. so it's not like I have him like crazy low mm -hmm. on my list. But and I'm going to take Poku next, by the way. And number five at number six. You took yeah yeah yeah, but five. with uh, who's your? Uh, he was five. Poku's number five. Okay, yeah, Poku's number five. Okay, yeah. And it's because of the shot creation ability. Mm -hmm. It's because of the high upside that exists with him. That doesn't really exist with many other guys in this draft class. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were doing a draft based on a certainty of like being able to contribute on a championship level roster, no, I might have yes. Poku down in like the teens. You yes. know. But for this exercise, it's about upside right it's about like what what can you do with that pick and i feel like you can 
it's not easy to get guys like Sadiq Bey or Jane McDaniels or Kong Wu or Isaiah Stewart. Like, it's not easy to get those guys, but it's a heck of a lot easier to get those guys than it is to go get a high upside player like Poku who can play between the three and the four uh, whenever he's fully developed. I think he will shoot it. He's a, he sees the floor in a way that most players don't. Mm-hmm. He has a handle for a seven-footer that like very few seven-footers have. And I just think the upside there is crazy. I think that it really is insane. And it may take a while for him to realize it, or he may never realize it. That's certainly possible. But if I'm picking at five and I want to take a swing on a player... I mean, he's the biggest swing left in the draft, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Even more of a swing than Wiseman. Because Wiseman, you know, even Aiton, like, he tops out at some level. And you need a good guard creator at some level with him for him to be productive. Like, you can't just have him. Like, he's not Joel Embiid. No. And Wiseman is not Joel Embiid. No, he's he's Nikola Jokic. Or any of these, like, top-tier centers. Like, I don't see... Wiseman being that. And so, mm-hmm. and I also worry a little bit, like the type of player that Wiseman is, because he has such tremendous potential, because he is the guy that he is, like, do you want to pay a non top five center a max contract at the end of his rookie scales deal? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I, I don't know that I would, but would I want to pay a wing creator that? Maybe. Like, probably. Probably so. Like, I'd much rather pay Patrick Williams at the end of his rookie scale deal. You know what? You, then you, you sold than me. Wiseman. You sold me on Poco being a little bit higher. I even yes. bumped him up a spot. Uh, I had him um, seventh uh, on my board. Okay. But I think that I'm, I'm being too, I would say, too um, what a gener- general manager would do here. And I think that most of the general managers will not take Pokushevsky. But if I... Probably not. I, I think that between him, Kilinez, and Sadiq Bey, um, it's, yeah. it's a tight race. And I had Kilian before him first. Now, yeah. I would pick Kilinez uh, right after Pokushevsky because I know that he had a terrible rookie season, but he was ridden by wow. injuries. And there were a few moments yeah, in the season and during Summer League when he decided to shut down a player, an NBA player on the other side. And he, sure. and he just did. And and I think that offensively, he showed like a little of what he can do. And with Cade, I think that he can do what he does best, which is attack to some degree. Uh, and not yeah, he doesn't need to shoot very much. I know that he's dribbling, dribbling, dribbling right now. Um, I heard you and Alex talking about that, and I agree hundred percent. But the point is, I wonder with a guy like Cade. And and with Grant, they have gravity. What happens then? Can he get a little bit yeah. more of space, and can he be a little bit more decisive with the dribble? And I'm not ready to uh, to pick anyone else here because he still has some lead guard upside. Not not a lot, but some. Yeah. And among the other point guards, I think that his size and his ability to be an effective defender. I mean, again, uh, guys like Sadiq Bey, I mean, yeah, he's better. Surely better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's better. But what's the upside with Sadiq Bey? 
I don't know. Yeah, I have Bay. A, I have Bay pretty high mm-hmm. just because I can see him contributing at a high level for a contender. Yes, like it's just the path there is pretty easy for him to even be a starter. Yeah, like I can see it. Uh, I I just didn't really see a whole lot with Killian Hayes in the time that mm-hmm. he was there. He was a mystery man largely coming into the draft. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not impress me in summer league. Besides a couple nice defensive stands that he had, mm-hmm. um, I'm largely out okay. on him, and I have him quite a bit lower. Yeah, on this list, um, not like I was not completely outside the lottery, but like pretty low. He was so, high in my stat board, though. Weirdly enough, was he? Yeah, eighth. Yeah, that is high. That, that is, is really high. high. So Hayes. Hayes, so we have Hayes at seven. So it was Lamelo, Edwards, Halliburton, Patrick Williams, Wiseman, Poku, Killian Hayes. Number eight. I'm gonna take Sadiq. Bay. Yeah, I think this is this is where I think you have to start because the upside players are mostly gone. Yeah, like the high high upside guys are mostly gone. So now you have to figure out. Okay, now what? skill levels or like what skill sets are left of players that have the potential to be high level starters. Well, Sadiq Bey is the first guy I turn to mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, like shooter, defender, toughness provides all of that. Give me Sadiq Bey because he's, he's somebody that I have like think about Jay Crowder and how valuable he's been. Yeah. And he, you know, he may be better. Sadiq may be I was just about to say that. I think I think Sadiq has a, a chance to to do what Jay Crowder does, but actually shoot the ball well consistently. Consistently, that is the key. Yes, I, I completely agree with this analysis, and um, I have him there uh, at number eight. Yeah. He was seventh in my stat profile, and and again, I I had him much higher than nineteenth in my board. Or at least I hope I did because I was pretty yeah. high on Sadiq Bay. Um, so yeah. So you had Sadiq Bay at 16. Okay, so not much higher. I thought 13. I had him at 14. You are doing so much better at this. <laughs> I'm humiliated. Um, yeah, and, and with the same logic, basically, I have quickly right after. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. yes. Um, because he was fifth in the stat board. And, and he's good. He can he can ball. He, he can create. He can yeah. create his own shot. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not really a great point guard. Uh, he, he doesn't really create for others. But yeah. but he's a, he's a guy who played for tips. And he can create his own shot. That tells me a lot. Mm-hmm about how impactful it can be on a, on a decent team as a rookie. And maybe the upside is not so great. I agree. But, I mean, I want to bank in the fact that he was able to play a role very well and he was productive yeah. and efficient. I mean, the efficiency was very high uh, for him. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this so... I'm much lower on quickly than you are. Great. Um, Why? 
I have a hard time seeing it translate to a, like a really good team. The Knicks were good. Like on, on like a starting, like a starting level player on a on a good team. I just have a hard time seeing uh, it. Same, but I see him as a six man on a good team. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm just lower. I just think that there's more starters in this class. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Um, ten. So you have quickly at nine. I'm gonna take Tyrese Maxey at ten. I see. Okay. Um, the efficiency was not there with Maxey last year. No. With the 76ers. Mm-hmm. But the size that he provides and the creation ability that he does have, mm-hmm. it's not impossible to see him as a lead guard at some point in the NBA. Um, I know, <laughs> You weren't high on him at the draft either. I was much higher on him at the draft too, which is part of my evaluation okay. here. Is that I really liked him at the draft. He contributed to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think the Sixers are going to be willing to do some deals for Ben Simmons based on the expectations for Tyrese Maxey. Um, okay. There's some, there's some stuff there. And th- those are... I mean, those are some of the reasons why I'm that high on him. Let's let me see where I had him. Um, not that high on him. <laughs> I was high on him, but not not as high as I thought I was. I had him twenty, mm-hmm. and you were much higher on him at the draft. I don't know why I always thought I was much more. Are, are much you sure that you're reading you. your column and and not mine? I'm very sure. Okay. I'm looking at it. You had him 13th on your board. Wow. What am I, do- what am I doing? What Almost like around this. <laughs> what, what, was what was I doing? I, doing? Okay. I don't know what I was doing at the time either. Because I was, I don't know. I really, I liked him a lot at the time. Okay. I'll, I'll but, fact check Andrew I'll, on this list. I'll search it on my computer as well. I'm looking at it. We have it posted on the Dream Team site. Wow. You posted it though. <laughs> You think I doctored these up? Of you course. think I'm Chad Fording? Yes. This, yes, you are. This thing. You're trying to make me look <laughs> foolish <laughs> or drunk. Um, no, no, Maxi, that high I think is very smart. It's no. a very, it's a very talented thing of you to do. Well, I have him, I have him, I have him a bit. We're around that that number uh, right now. Um, I see okay. why. I still struggle with with efficiency and it was so bad. Um, yeah, sure. And the stats profile was not so great for him. So I bumped him up from his drafts a lot, but but not a lot. He was 17th on my board in terms of um, stat profile. Um, okay. Like Cole Anthony is number four. Like four. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. Here is where I say, well, I'm willing to give this guy another season okay and so i'm picking isaac okoro here oh okay yeah yeah because he was um high yeah on my board apparently um he was on both of our yes. boards and cleveland is cleveland and i mean yeah he's a very good defender he was, th- he was three he was three for both of us by the yeah. way yeah. and so to me it makes sense to to take a swing 
um, to take a swing because I mean, like he's still a wing. So if I have to take a swing, it's better for me to take it on a on a wing compared to a big man. And maybe I can see Baxi, which is on the top of the non-star point guard list that I have, uh, and that starts in a bit. Um, but still, um, a, wi- a wing that has size that, that can defend. To me, I'm willing to give him another year. The stat profile to yeah. me is uh, not so bad. He's 12, mainly because he's ranking very high in this class in terms of uh, defensive metrics like steals, mm-hmm. blocks, rebounds, defensive win shares. He has a high defensive win share with Cleveland. That that should count for something. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, it should count for so, something. So there's that. And um, again, if you ask me today, do, do you want to bet this is a starter for the next five years? Probably not. But if, if he becomes one, then he can be a very good one. Uh, like if everything pans out for him, yeah. he's a very, very good player. If not, he's probably a rotation, like a Stanley Johnson kind of guy. Uh, was tasting the league, but doesn't stick. And yeah, so he's already a better defender than Stanley. He Johnson, is. Though. He is. But he like Stanley yeah. Johnson projected to be a very good defender out of Arizona, and then oh, yeah. lost himself. Uh oh. Kelly, are you there? He's frozen. Is it me frozen or is it him it's frozen? It's me. It's because I mentioned Stanley Johnson being a good defender. And so my connection yeah, that's, refused that's to... That's your fault. Yeah, refused to agree with me and punish yeah. me immediately. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely your fault. Yes. Uh, so before we go to number 12, another surprise player maybe. Maybe a player that you don't have. Maybe a player that you're not quite as high on. Um. Before we get to that player, let's take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back from that quick break. Can I guess? Number 12. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Jaden McDaniels there. Wow, you read my mind. Um, yeah, I'm pretty high on McDaniels. I was horrified of him. I was horrified of him at the draft. Mm-hmm. But he kind of fits into this mold of, okay, now that the high upside guys are gone, who can contribute in a meaningful way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a Koro in this range. I have a Kongu in this range. I've got several other players in this range. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, just because of the physical profile that he has, it's unique compared to everybody else in this draft. Yes. Uh, his length, his athleticism, 
He's got a, a little bit of creation ability that's there, but I don't trust it. Uh, but if he's a guy that can defend multiple positions, hit a three, uh, he will play in this league for a long time. Yes. And uh, I'm also very swayed on him because someone who watched him all last year and John Krasinski is like super duper high on him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that kind of, that honestly, sh- it shook me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I really like what he did last year. You know, and again, like you go and look at the stats, like just the raw stats of these players, like six points, yeah, 3.7 boards, like one assist, one block, half a steal. It's not much. No. There's not much there to work with, but he did shoot 36% on three attempts per game. And if he is that, plus what he can be as an upside defender, you know, he's... He turns 21 here at the end of this month, yeah. so he's not like incredible. Like he's young, but he's not yeah, like not crazy young. Poku young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the profile of player just because like six foot nine, long arms, athletic, can hit a corner three. All right, you're you're in the mix. Like get in here because there's some guys in here that don't have quite that profile or maybe they do but they don't have the the size and the length that he has compared to some other guys in this group so that's that's why i have him i don't despise this choice but i don't it's not mine i have him yeah 20th on my board oh wow yeah we are we are far apart on the Jaden mcdaniel experience and i made um I, i thought about it and i said Hmm. Would you pick him or Okongwu, who had zero chance to? Clearly, this is not a projection on like their teams. Part of that is, of course, because we are evaluating where they are now, knowing where they are now. But to me, Okongwu has a chance to be a better player than Jaden McDaniels. There is nothing in this season that told sure. me. Well, I had him fifth on my board. He is um he's bad in the stats profile just because he didn't play. But he didn't play. Didn't have the opportunity. Exactly. Which is concerning. It is to concerning a, a degree, bit. but he yes. had he had he had injury stuff too. So I mean it's just Yeah. It's he's a he is such a tough one to evaluate and he got pushed down my board just because we didn't see him. Yeah. And it is fair. Um I pushed Obi Toppin down there. Down, pretty down, pretty far down because of that. But he had yeah, yeah. Like his calling card was production, and yeah. he didn't produce. Okongu was a project. Um, yeah. Also, production was a thing that we were kind of sure that he could be a productive big man, but he just had yeah. a crazy, crazy good season of a player that was yeah. in front of him. Capella had an amazing season. Like yeah. anyone, he was. Yeah. yeah, he was probably top. Seven center in the yes, league. Yes, I, I completely agree. And so um, I have him and Isaiah Stewart um, in yeah. like one after the other for different, very different reasons. Um, but in the end, I said, well, I still like the idea of a Congo a little bit more. And there are data points yeah. in many different competitions that says he's a, he's a tough guy. So maybe he will, he's a talented guy. Maybe next year uh, that will be better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. 
it's yeah, yeah a Kongu for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I had a Kongwu. He's so he, in our redraft, he's going 13th. I had him 10th on my like late on my redraft board. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, everyone needs a smile. Says, did they pick beef stew yet? We have not, but he's going right here. Yeah, this is where I'm. This is where I'm drafting Isaiah Great. Stewart at 14. Yes. Uh, he was just like flat out a a nice player for the Pistons in a in a really bad year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really pretty good for them. Yes. Uh, didn't take a lot of threes, but took enough that made you say, "Huh, okay." Well, that might be there for him. Yeah. You know, only thirty three percent. He was twenty one of sixty three on the season. So does that tell you a lot? Doesn't tell me a whole lot. But no, he's you know, willing. He possibly. He's willing to take. Yeah, them. he's willing to take the shot. Yeah. More more than we can say about guys like you know Stephen Adams. Like how many years do we talk about Stephen Adams taking threes? Yeah, don't go there. I'm you know, happy. I'm in a good mood. Don't go there. You know what? I, you know what I mean though. Yeah, like he's like right out the gate. Beef stew's taking threes. Great. Yes. And. Like I'll like I'll take that, and I think that he. One thing that's holding him back from being a lot higher in this class, like if he were seven feet, oh yeah, like like give me him over Wiseman <laughs> at this point because like he's actually good, yeah, but not know, even besides at this theoretically point. good, like during draft night, if he's seven yeah. feet tall instead of six eight oh. and change, yeah, 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 I mean, that yeah. changes the equation. It changes everything. Yeah, because he's young. Oh, yeah, he's 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 really yeah. young. He's he's twenty. Yes, and doesn't turn twenty one until May. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's two thousand one. So this, I mean, that's that's meaningful. That means that there's some more stuff there. And if you just ask people that watch a lot of high school ball, mm-hmm. they'll tell you about Isaiah Stewart. What they'll tell you about Isaiah Stewart is that he dominated everybody. Yeah, and that he like he played against some of these well-known players in this class and he was better than all of them yeah at that level now, yeah and he played in to a... continue to translate mm-hmm. i don't know but to me i think he's shown enough to where you can say like could he be a starting level player on a championship level team like depending on the team yes mm-hmm. but he could could he be a contributor absolutely absolutely he can yeah we'll see about hips mobility and how much he will be asked to switching against guards because that is also part that we we have yet to see from him because yeah. even if he's um not tall enough he's strong so eventually we'll be able to play against one-on-one against good centers and, and do something the point is can he be a versatile defender because if he is and he's willing to take shots then why not uh, and again i have him yeah. 12 on my board um so i completely agree yeah so last before the barrage of point guards on my board it's denny advia Advia for me yeah um yep no statistical evidence a few nice moments ton of potential still and i mean i i I wanted to, to to put him after this barrage of point guards, but then I said, yeah. do I really pick him before Cole Anthony or 
Theo Maledon or no? I mean, if they ask you today, would you trade Theo Maledon for Danny um, for Danny Avdia? Yes. Yes. In a heartbeat. Kira Lewis. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Yes. Pressures at you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's he provides versatility from the forward spot mm -hmm. that I don't know, like who else in this class can do that. That's left. Uh, really nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. So will he be the best of this bunch? No. It's unlikely. Mm -hmm. But does he provide something that all the other guys don't? That's more difficult to find. I'll just say that. Like it's it's harder to find a player that can do what Denny does than it is to go find Kyra Lewis Jr. The next yeah, or Malachi Flynn. Yeah, yeah or yeah. whoever. So yeah, I don't disagree there. Uh okay. So the next player I have, uh, this is where at 16, I'll take Devin Vassell. Oh, okay. Um, just another classic shooter, yeah. defender, you know, could potentially be a high-level defender. It may be a level. Um, he, you wish he was 6'7", but he's only 6'5". One of the reasons that he didn't go that high. He's already 21. Um, that's another thing. And he didn't shoot the ball like you would have wanted him to in his rookie season. You know, what was his true shooting? He's 40% from the field. Like, it's just like, ugh, like that's not. Yeah, 52% true shooting. It's like, okay, if you're a shooter, like that doesn't really cut it, you know. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He didn't play a tremendous amount for the Spurs, uh -huh. which you could also like. You could say it's a red flag. I don't know. And he played a thousand minutes for them, yeah. and you know, hopefully he'll play more. But you know, I I'll take a risk on a guy that I think can profile as a high level defender, good catch and shoot type of guy. You know, but I'm not in love with him. Same, and I have him a little bit lower uh, before I have my six, 17th um, pick, which is Cole Anthony. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Talk me into it. No, there's nothing to talk about, uh, really. He's the only guy that can take pull-ups at will. That is still on the board. Sure. sure. That's it. And he's... Is that the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have yeah. him, Maladon, and Kirloos. One after yeah. the other. I think that this is the yeah. pecking order, as of today, between the... Uh, yeah. point guard that are probably bench players and that maybe can blossom into something if the surrounding are good enough yeah yeah um there are other players i would like to have other than cole anthony um, i mean yes if i play a basketball game tomorrow to win it yes mm-hmm. i would take Many yeah. others, like Xavier Tillman, for example. I love Xavier Tillman. Me too. Love Xavier Tillman. But I can check um, the fact that Cole Anthony is still young mm-hmm. and has crazy good potential in terms of pull-up threat, being a pull-up threat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I didn't have him in my top 20. Um but that does exist. The pull-up does exist. Yes. I just don't know if he can provide anything for you on the other end. And if that pull-up is valuable enough to, for that not to matter, you know, like the, the pull-up and that's, this is like a similar argument that we're going to have to make. Exactly. I was thinking about this. Yes. Because the reason that you take Trey man at 18 in the draft is because of the pull-up three. Like that, that's it. That's it. Just similar to your Cole Anthony argument. And the good thing about him versus Cole is that Trey's got a lot of, he's got size for the position yeah. um, that Cole doesn't have, where it makes everything a lot harder for him to even make any kind of impact mm-hmm. on the defensive end. Like you, Trey's a lot skinnier. He's not as thick as Cole is, but you can, you know, you, you just get bigger as you get older. And if, if Trey can figure out some stuff, on the defensive end and can hit that pull up, then it's valuable enough. Um, at 18, I'm going to take Desmond Bain. Boring. Um, boring, but I, th- I think part of the, part of the reason that the Grizzlies made some of the moves that they did this uh, off season was because of the belief in Desmond Bain. Yeah, and he's a a contributor right away. I think you can plug him into almost every team in the league and they say, yep, we have a slot for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got maybe a little bit more juice off the bounce than I thought he might at the NBA level. It's not a lot, but it's at least some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just tough, tough as nails, like going to be in the league for a long time, mm-hmm. more than likely. So... It's, it's similar to my Vassell take, you know. Um, he just has shorter arms than Vassell. 
So. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that is literally the reason that I di- differentiated between the two. Bain had a much better rookie season than Vassell. Yes. Um, but I'm not going to base everything off of how they played in their rookie. Well, year. you should. They are old. They're older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bain's 23. Yeah. Like Bain is. If you locked him in, but I mean, the thing about him is compared to a lot of these other guys, and this is where. You, I had to weigh the production at some mm-hmm. point. He took 271 threes yeah, that's a lot. his rookie season and hit 43%. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, like okay, I'll I'll take that. 60% true shooting. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'll I'll take it. Even if he got short arms, like I'll take it. And he's six foot five. And you know, I know that Vassell shot the ball much, much worse. I just I had Vassell had a much higher grade mm-hmm. before the draft yeah. than Bain did for me. And so I have to factor that in somewhere. But I have those guys like in lockstep on, on my like next board, on my board that I created over the past couple of days. By the so, way, I keep bumping down Obi Toppin. Uh, yeah, for good reason. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I, I had him right here, but I said, mm, doesn't look... Like what is he? Like that's that's the question I have yeah. because I don't have with almost everybody else I don't have a lot of questions as to what they are mm-hmm. besides Cole Anthony. Everybody else I don't I have like like I I can see what you are. Yeah. Like what's the and Obi was n- really nice in summer mm-hmm. league, but this is summer league. Yeah. Like, of course he's going to be able to do yeah. that kind of stuff against these bad players. Like he has to, like if he didn't, then it would just be like, man, then really, what are you? Because he's supposed to be like, uh, like Amare or yeah. somebody like that. Yeah. Like that's what people thought he was, and he's not as high level of a creator. No. Um, he's just not big enough. Too is kind of one of the problems. For yeah, him. it was extremely so disappointing. I've, in yeah, like actually have him in this range in mm-hmm. my mock in my mock. I have him in this range, but. I don't know. Yeah. Like, are you taking him at nineteen? No. I would probably okay. go tail yeah. here. To okay. be honest with you, I think that he. Okay. I mean, tail was bad for long bad. stretches of of this season, but I mean, we focused on the crazy high moments of Pokushevsky. If you look at the game yeah. in Portland, for example, for tail, that was a great game. Yeah. Where he was aggressive, he was like taking pull-up trees, making pull-up trees. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if if there is uh, enough aggressiveness on him that he could do that every single night. And today the answer is no. Um, But he also was okay. Surprisingly okay. Uh, Surprisingly steady. There is value Mm -hmm. on that. And when you are picking around the 20... I think that you can say, well, he was the starting point guard for a team, and he wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. The team was terrible. Don't get me wrong. The team was terrible. Yeah. But he had Moses Brown. Like that should count for something. Like a guy that couldn't yeah. set screens for heel, couldn't provide vertical spacing, nor like like spacing in general. He was playing with Deck Dort, uh, which was great. Two very good players. But then, like, mm-hmm. what else? Basically, yeah. was not like a functional uh, NBA player for most of the season. He had his heights, so it's yeah. hard. It's hard to to 
like to play the point uh in a he's an organized guy uh and like yeah so i don't know what what is he what is he to you at the you know let's say five years from now what is Teo? like what, what do you think he is mm, he is um a lesser version of george hill if everything goes well he's gotta shoot it oh he will so, shoot it like has to shoot oh it. i think he will I think that uh, with the task of, of being the number one lead guard, especially without Lou, um, he took a lot of bad shots. And with better shot selection, I think that the percentage will go higher. George Hill is a good shooter, but if you ask him to take trees out of a pick and roll or like pull-ups, mm-hmm. then you will see that he's not like a 40% shooter. Like absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I need to see. I just need to see it. Yeah, but we saw men you know. like we saw a lot of production. He's sixth on the overall statistical profile because he had yeah crazy high usage, a lot of three. He took shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but also assists, and he wasn't so bad in terms of defense. It wasn't good. He's not so bad. Yeah, he's not so bad. He's strong. Like he's really yeah. strong. I know that. And I think that we have a lot of bias because of how we played in summer league. I can't shake the fact that I think that he plays in a... He's not a guy that you will say, wow, like Pokushevsky. He's a guy that is steady, very steady. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's more Mike Conley than, than Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's not he's not yeah. either. Like, he's much yeah. worse. But, but in terms of type of player, he plays at his own pace. He does. I'm trying to, to guard a little bit with him. Like not overrating him. No, but yeah. because, because I wa- because I watched every one of his games and I did see the good in him and I saw the bad. Yes. And I just think about some other guards in this class, and I just wonder how many, like how many, how many people that watch the Celtics would have him above Peyton. Pritchard? Not many. I have them in the same tier. Yeah, like how many would have him above RJ Hampton many okay how many would have him above Malachi Flynn also many like I kind of I mean I like Malachi's creation abilities okay but he's old uh he's older and 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 they had like tail played a lot like tail played a lot it's true out of necessity. Out of necessity. But, yeah, he, he was like, he's not easy to play point guard um, in a team that, like, point guard if you are not like a score first guard, which he is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. I. So the the arguments for in favor of Teo, there's a lot of them actually mm-hmm. that you can make. You can say he's one of the youngest players in this class. Mm-hmm. You can say he is speaking a language that's not his own mm-hmm. in a country that's not his mm-hmm. own during a pandemic. Like all the same ex- excuses and stuff that we give for Poku, like he gets the mm-hmm. same. Like he gets all of them because of that. Um, so yeah, I think there is more upside with him. I'm I'm not saying that I think that you're wrong. Thank you. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm trying to make sure that 
we're guarded against bias here because I don't even know that I guard it. I, I don't even know that I have the ability to guard myself against the bias I have for Poku. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I bumped him down um, also because of that, Pokushevsky. Um, yeah. And But with Teo, I mean, he, he was sixth on my board in terms of stats. That is, he was in the same range as, That's um, something. as quickly. He was better yeah. than Sadiq Bey. And I like him better than, I like, there's a lot of things I like about him better than quickly. Like he can, Teo can create for mm-hmm. others. Teo can hold up on the defensive mm-hmm. end. Teo can do lots of stuff. But to me, like the, unless he makes a big leap in the next couple of years, he will likely be a backup point yeah. guard. You know, and that's like the same for these other guys. Like I have, I Pritchard shot the lights out last year for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You know, he shot forty-one percent from three, yeah. um, and he was pretty like he was pretty good. He played he played a lot for them too. He played twelve hundred minutes last year for the Celtics. Yeah, um, he he did not lead the team in minutes like Teo did <laughs> for the Thunder. Um, but I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't hate that at nineteen. I don't hate yeah, that. I have. Um, I. I might. No, yeah, I mean, ahead. I have Pritchard very high on three point attempts uh, and true shooting. Yeah. Full yeah. stop. Full stop. He's so small. Yeah. There's not. He's yeah. He's not very so good in taking pull ups, for example. For example. He's okay yeah. in assists, but but not very good. Not as good as Maladon. So, I yeah. get the allure with Pritchard. But he's again, yeah. he's small. He's small. He's yeah. small, and he's twenty-three. Yeah. He's what is he? Three, he's three years older than Teo. So, like, what will Teo be in three years versus what will Pritchard be in three years? Like, Pritchard will likely just be who he is in three. Yeah, years. maybe he he becomes Caruso, like a guy like that. Um, Teo, both, both can yeah. be uh, guys that are scrappy. I see Pritchard being scrappy. Being just um, a guy that I don't know, uh, Potter's guy. TJ like T like TJ McConnell. Yeah, yeah, small white guy that has to scrap to stay in the league because not, not as athletic. Yes, um, I'm not sure about like um, how how good he is in terms of IQ, uh, in terms of like being able to really create. Uh, preacher, he, he's okay, but he's not like. I think that Maladon has better point guard skills. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, he mm-hmm. does. He does, and he's got better size. Yeah. He's, and also he had better teammates. Oh last yeah, last year Pritchard did that. That had gravity. Yeah, where Teo after after SGA went down, mm-hmm. I mean Teo lost not only SGA. Teo lost Horford. Yes. And those were two like pretty big planets in the Thunder Solar System. And and Hill. Right. That were taking up and George yeah. Hill. They traded Hill. And Kenrich knew like, Kenrich played much less. Like and not with him. Kenrich and Muscala. Yeah. Like this not a, like all your spacing's gone. Yeah. So like the stat profile for him is it's just a weird one. It's just a weird one. And the, I've gotten a lot of people have been upset with the way I've evaluated Teo um, over this offseason. And it's it's fair to question the way that I've done it. It's very fair to question it. I don't back down from anything that I've said, but it's fair to question it. And he has a lot of questions to answer this yeah. season. He did not impress in no, Summer League. 
And so I just need to see it. And perhaps with better players around him, he'll play better. He seems to be that type of player, but he's also very, very young and needs to develop. So totally fine. Uh, So we can end at 20 here Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll recap real quick. Who would I take at 20? I've got, I still have Obi Toppin on this list. I don't really want to put him here. Xavier. Um, Or Precious. I like Xavier. I like Precious. I just don't, I don't know. I still, like, I don't love the upside of either one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Who's the guy who has the best upside left on your board? RJ. Badazzi. I have upside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think he okay. does. Um, I got. I'll take RJ Hampton. Here. Wow. He. He's six four. He's fast. He's young. He's twenty mm-hmm. years old. Um. You know he's got to be able to shoot the ball better than he did. Shot the uh, ball thirty two percent from three. <laughs> I know. I know. If he gets that to work, which I hate that he ended up in Orlando because I have littler faith that he'll make it there than he would have in mm-hmm. Denver. Uh, hopefully he hopefully he can make it, but you know, he was willing to take threes, which I think is mm-hmm. good. Um, there are players of his profile that are unwilling to take threes, and it's bad for mm-hmm. them. He has some creation ability out of the pick and roll that that I like in him and he just has a speed gear that no one else left in this draft has fair um and so just because of that like the ability to get out on the break where I precious Achua, like I like him but you can go find a backup big yeah yeah you know you can do that like Obi Toppin like I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not willing to. I don't see the upside that's there with him. Um, no. Another guy I would have considered here, Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. Who can really shoot it from the wing. He looked really good in yeah. summer league in spots. Yeah. Um, I really still really like him. So he was somebody that I considered in this spot. Kira Lewis. Um, have you considered him here? Yeah. I mean, for similar reasons, mm-hmm. right? Like, for the. And maybe even maybe he's even faster yeah. than, um, but yeah, I don't. He's smaller. Yes, um, not that much smaller, but a little bit smaller yeah. than RJ is. Uh, yeah, I would consider Kira Lewis here. Kyra, Kyra, Kira? maybe I don't know. You're. I think it's. I think it is Kyra because I'm trying to think of how my guy in New Orleans says it, and it is Kyra. So. Uh yeah, I that's fine. I don't I don't know what to think of him. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of put him and RJ Hampton in the same bucket mm-hmm. where it's like lightning quick guards that have some creation ability that weren't very good in their first yeah. year. You know, you could interchange them. Like it's not going to hurt my feelings to put Kyra here or RJ here. Uh Yeah, know it makes it makes sense. And um yeah, it's hard. It's probably too early, way too early to redraft um, because it's absolutely way too early to redraft. <laughs> it's absolutely wow, way too early. Again, uh, where do you put Vic Krejci on your list? 
Oh my gosh, I think you froze. I think that's a perfect, perfect place to end because that's the only response that you can truly give is a frozen Michele. So that's where we'll end. Thanks so much for listening to our pod. If you enjoyed this or you think that we have the dumbest list you've ever heard of, let us know. You can uh, comment on the post on Down to Dunk. You can add us personally on Twitter. Uh, at Mikey Barra, at Andrew K. Schlecht. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're getting close to, to media day. It's kind of hard to believe, but it will be here soon. We'll uh, be able to do some pretty fun stuff as long as the COVID restrictions don't keep us from doing that fun stuff. So stay tuned for all that stuff. Hope you guys have a great, great day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.